Welcome back, Missio family. Today, you'll hear Pastor Josh talk about how God desires to speak to us, and we can learn to listen to Him speak. If you have any questions about Missio, you'd like to join a missional community, or you have any prayer requests, please contact us at missio.life. Well, good morning and welcome. Uh, good to be with you today. I was out of town last week, went out and did some deer hunting, and we had a great weekend, but uh, glad to be back with you. Thankful for Jeremy and him bringing the word last week. Um, and also, I just want to mention, if you have fourth and fifth graders, they're being dismissed right now, heading over to the conference room. So if you have fourth and fifth graders that want to go hang out, they can do that. Otherwise, they're welcome to be here with us. And we are so glad that you're here today on probably one of our last summerish days of the season. So I hope you get to get outside and enjoy it a little bit. Um, so for today and next week, we're going to do kind of a two-part series before we jump into our Christmas series. And uh, uh, this one's kind of been a fun one for me, and I've really enjoyed it. Also looking forward to how it's going to tie in with next week. But I'm going to start out by making a statement today. I believe that God desires for you to hear His voice and to hear him speak to you regularly. So do, do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I'm getting a lot of nods, and uh, I think we can mentally say, yeah, that's probably true. And I think for me, for the most part, I would say, yeah, I can find that in Scripture. I can, I can affirm that. But on a heart level, at times, I think, man, God's just too busy. He doesn't really have time for me. He's too busy running the world and, you know, handling all those big things that my stuff doesn't really matter. And I think some of us can fall into that at times. So we think, well, yeah, God's speaking, but just probably not to me. I'm probably not that important. And so I want to kind of push back on that a little today and just say, God does want to speak to you. And I hope that as we go through this next, this week and next week, that maybe, just maybe, we learn to lean into that a little bit more and pay a little uh, better attention. When I was 20 years old, I made a decision to follow Jesus with my life. And one of the things that, from the very beginning, it was like, Lord, I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you speak. Because what better thing could there be than hearing from the God of the universe hearing that in our lives, right? And so we, we desire to hear God speak, and I desired that as a 20-year-old. And I think over 20 years of walking with Jesus, um, I think I've grown in that a little. Hopefully, I've, I've, you know, hear God a little bit better today than I did back then. But I'll be the first to tell you, I've not arrived, and I think there's room to grow. And so if you're here today and you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, maybe you're like, yeah, I'm with you there. We can all grow a little bit in learning to discern God's voice. So I want to, just as we start off, share a couple of verses that might give us a bit of a framework, biblically speaking, um, to maybe have a better idea of where this is coming from. So the first verse I want to share with you is Job thirty-three fourteen. For God speaks again and again, though people do not recognize it. And Jeremiah 33, 3, call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. So just from those two verses alone, we can establish up front that God desires to speak to people and that maybe people don't always listen. Maybe people aren't always paying attention. So again, like I said, there's going to be a two-part series and my hope is that we can look at some scripture, we're going to look at a story of a boy named Samuel who learned to listen to God. 
And we're going to hopefully give you some practical tips. How do I learn to really hear from God? Because I mean, we can talk a lot about what the Bible says, and, and we will. But also, I want to give you some tools so that you can say, man, I, I feel like I have some, some ways to actually put this into practice. So now, if you've been around Missio for any amount of time, you may have heard us talk about the listening rhythm. And one of the ways when we talk about listening, we talk about it in kind of two directions, listening backward and listening forward. Now, what in the world does that mean? Listening backward is when we're talking about that, we're referring to reading the Bible, reading scripture. What has God already said in the past? Because God wrote the word of God through authors inspired by the Holy Spirit. This is all in the past. So we get to read the word of God, listening backward to what has God already said in the past? How has he moved? So simply put, listening backward is reading scripture to hear what God has to say. What has God already said in the past? And this is one of the simplest ways for us to hear from God. And I would say it's probably the most important. Because if we don't know the written word of God, we can get kind of off track pretty quick when we start listening to voices, so to speak. So when we think about the word of God, I just want to take a minute and help you understand how fortunate we are. Do you guys realize that we live at a very special time and place in history? Like, we have these things in our pockets, right? We have a phone with a Bible app on it, and you can switch between, you know, toggle between 25 different translations or whatever they have on there just in a second. And if you really don't want to read, you can turn on the narrator, a little Australian voice or something, you know, this woman reading you the scripture or some guy with a British accent. Like you can listen to someone read it to you. We have access to Bibles. Like you can go to the Bible bookstore. You can go to Barnes and Noble, probably even in the airport, go to a bookstore and buy a Bible. We have study Bibles, life application Bibles, devotional Bibles. We have so much access to Scripture, it's unreal. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time in history that, that people have had more access to the written Word of God than we do today. And that's kind of special. Because, you know, the early, in the early like first century Jews, they didn't have a copy of the Scripture sitting on the coffee table. They didn't have a life, life application study Bible. And their kids didn't have a Jesus storybook Bible on their nightstand by their bed. They just didn't have that. Like back, back then, copying the scriptures was very expensive and it was done by hand. And a scribe had to do that onto like a scroll. And so they would have to go to the synagogue and hear the word read and listen. And many of them would memorize it because they just didn't have a phone in their pocket. They couldn't just pull it out. And so we live in a very special time, and if we want to learn to, he to hear God's voice, then we have to start with the written word. So the people that wrote scripture didn't even have what we have. Think about that. David wasn't out tending sheep. His father's sheep, he wasn't out there. He couldn't pull out you version on his smartphone. Like, he didn't have the iPhone 13 or 15 or what are we up to now. Uh, he didn't have that out in the sheep pen. Uh, Noah, you know, when he was building the ark, he couldn't have a bad day and pull out his Gideon New Testament and, and read some verses to, to inspire him. Um, and then you had, who else? Uh, Moses, you know, he was looking for wisdom. How do I lead these people of Israel? He didn't have the book of Proverbs to read some wisdom literature. And Daniel didn't have the book of Revelation to cross-reference all his work because it hadn't been written yet. 
So these biblical authors were living all of this life and experience with God without the complete work, without the written word of God that we have. So again, I want to say how important this is that the Bible, the canon of scripture written by 40 authors over 1,500 years, 66 books, we have that and it's a gift of God to us. And so if we want to hear God speak, we have to start with the written word of God, his truth given to us. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 7 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And Hebrews talks about the Bible being living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces to the very depths of our soul. This is the word of God. This is what we have in our hand. So scripture was written, you know, just to kind of give you a little bit of an idea, we know that scripture was inspired by God, written by humans, and not every book made it into the Bible. There are some that didn't make, but God worked through the translators and the biblical councils that, that kind of over history and over years and years of church history refined that to what we have today. And so we have that as a gift from God, and it's, again, the very starting point. We want to hear from God, requires opening this and reading it. So when I was um, first walking with Jesus in my 20s, I I met with a guy regularly, and uh, he did campus ministry, and um, he was discipling me, and we we would read the Bible, and then we would write down what we felt like God was speaking to us, and we'd pray, and just, you know, a lot of these spiritual disciplines. He was teaching me some of the rhythms of how to have a relationship with God. And I remember one particular day, I was struggling, and I, I just couldn't believe that God loved me. Has anyone ever been there before? You're just like, God, why do you love me? I'm a dirtbag, like, I'm a mess. And, and I just could not accept God's unconditional love. Even though I knew it was true, and my friend kept telling me, no, God loves you, he loves you. And I remember one day, I read this passage of scripture from Romans 8. I'm just gonna read it, it's a few verses, just hang with me for, here for a minute. Romans 8, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor our fears for today, nor our worries for tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky or on the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I read that passage of scripture and it just hit me. It just hit me in the heart. You know what I'm talking about? You read scripture and sometimes it's just like, whoa, that that just connected with me. And then later that week, I read it again. It was in a devotional book, and I'm like, oh, there's Romans 8 again. Thanks, God. I still don't know if I believe it. And then the third time that week, I heard it on the radio. Some preacher was speaking on the radio, and I heard Romans 8 again. And I'm like, okay, third time, I got it. Third time, I'm going to listen, God. And God does that through his word as we listen backward. He says, pay attention. I want to speak to you through the written word. And if you're slow like me, sometimes you need it three times in a week to let it sink in, but it, it, it changed me, it changed my heart. So when we take time to listen backward through the written word of God, God speaks. 
His word is living and active. So I want to challenge you today. How are you making time with God in the word a priority in your life? Do you have a regular time where you read scripture? Maybe a daily reading plan. Maybe it's, you know, just something regular where you are spending time with God. If you want to hear him, it, it starts with getting to know God through the scriptures and getting to know him in his heart through his word. A little bit later today, I'm going to share a Bible reading plan. If you're here and you're like, I want to start reading the Bible, but I don't know where to start. I'm going to share a reading plan at the end of today at the message, and we're going to do kind of a 25-day Advent plan, and you're welcome to jump in on that if you want. If you already have a plan, great, but I just say have a plan. Do something regular. I mean, you version will even send you little reminders like, hey, time to read your Bible today, you know, and, and so there's really, it's so easy. There's so many tools that we have available, and then I would say write some things down, journal. If God speaks to you or lays a verse on your heart, write it down. It's important. I, I use a, an app called Evernote on my phone. Or, you know, you may use just the regular notes app or whatever. Um, maybe you use paper. You guys remember that? Notebooks? Like, remember we used to use those? Like, uh, I used those for years and then I lost all my notebooks. I'm like, ah, I should have this digital. But um, anyway, have a plan. If you want to listen to God and listen backward, have a plan and, and journey with somebody else. Maybe share, hey, God shared this verse with me, someone in your MC or your DNA group or just a close friend and begin to cultivate that. Hey, I think God's saying this to me. What do you think? And, and it's cool. I'm gonna talk about that a little bit more in a minute about listening to other people. So we listen backward, but then we also listen forward. What on earth does that mean? How do we listen forward? Well, I don't know if you realize this, but if you know Jesus by faith, you have the Holy Spirit living in you. Like, think about that for a second. The God of the universe lives in you. He's not on another planet. He's not up in heaven. He's not way off. He is here. Like, he's closer to you than you are to yourself. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell us, and he wants to guide us, and he wants to speak to us. You know, some of you are going, oh, I don't know about this. This one seems a little crazy. It's true. God indwells us. The Holy Spirit, the God of the universe lives in you. And I know that's hard to wrap our minds around. It's mysterious. It's one of the mysteries of the gospel. But we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And if we want to start listening to him, listening forward, like what God might be saying, hey, I want you, I want you to do this today. Or I want you to have wisdom for this situation, this circumstance. That's awesome. But you also got to go back to the written word because if we don't know the truth of the word, we can go astray pretty quick because we have a spiritual enemy who wants to lead us astray and lie to us. So anything you think God might be speaking to you through the Holy Spirit has to square with the written word. God will not contradict himself. He's not going to tell you to do something that is clearly contradictory to what he's already said in his word, okay? He says, I want you to understand that. But learn to listen. Learn to have a listening posture. Uh, I want to share just a couple of verses that uh, Jesus spoke, John 14, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. I don't know if you remember this, but Jesus said, it's better that I go away because I'm going to send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to come and dwell with you. And then he said again in John 16, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all the truth. 
So Jesus was telling us, it's better that I go away. I mean, I'm sorry, I'd rather have Jesus hanging out here, I think. Like, hey, Jesus, just go have coffee, you know? But he says, no, it's better that I go away because the Holy Spirit will come and live in here, in your heart. There's a story that I love from the Old Testament, and I I mentioned Samuel. Uh, This is one of my favorite stories. We actually named our oldest son Samuel uh, because I just, I love the story so much. But to give you a bit of backstory before we read these verses together, uh, there's a man named Elkanah, and he had two wives. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why he chose to have two wives. That was his choice. And, uh, you know, I think it's challenging enough with one. Can I get an amen? <laughs> anyway, he chose to have two wives. And, and his, his wives were Hannah and, let me get this right, Panina. So Panina had kids. Panina was able to bear children. Hannah was not. And Hannah was super heartbroken. She was so sad. She couldn't have kids. And they were in the temple one day and they were worshiping. And, and Hannah is just distraught and she's crying and she's praying and her mouth's moving. And, and Eli, the prophet, comes over and he says to her, hey, uh, Hannah, why are you drunk? Like, what's going on here? You're not supposed to be drunk. We're here to worship. And she's like, I'm not drunk. I'm just, I'm upset because I can't have a child. And so Hannah prayed and she said, God, if you will just grant me the ability to have a child, I'll give him back to you. I'll give him to you and he can, he can live his life in service for you. And so God granted Hannah that request. She was able to get pregnant. She gave birth to a son and called him Samuel. Now, when Samuel was weaned, the Bible says, she took him to the temple. Well, what, what is weaned? You know, I was kind of doing some research on this. Scholars think somewhere between the age of three and five so he's little, he's pretty little, and she just drops him off at the temple. Uh, so don't, none of you get that idea. Don't drop your kids off here. I'm not, not ready for that. But she just dropped him off. So here you go, Eli, like just, just raise him up. He's yours. And that's just to kind of give you a little bit of a backstory of where we're at. So we pick it up in uh, 1 Samuel 3, if you want to go there. And we're going to read um, verses 1 through 10. I'm in the NIV today. Sorry, I keep jumping around on, on translations. But um, 1 Samuel 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and I said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went, and he lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. I love that story, and I love that passage, and there's a couple things that I want us to notice. The first thing is in verse seven. 
It says that Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Samuel didn't know what was going on. He's just a kid, and he's hearing God pursue him in relationship. And I think that's important. God pursued Samuel and wanted him to learn to hear his voice. And the same is true for us. God pursues us in relationship before we ever desire to hear him. If you're here today and you're saying, I want to hear God speak, it's because he's already prompting you, drawing you to himself. And the next thing I noticed is that Eli wasn't so sharp, right? Eli, he's sleeping. Come on, think of this. I'm just, I can just hear it as I read. It's like, kid, go back to bed. Quit waking me up, you know? Like, parents, you know what I'm talking about? You're trying to get some shut eye and your kids are over there. Hey, 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 what's going on? He's like, ah, go to bed. I got a lot going on with the temple and Hopney and Phineas are a mess and I got a lot of stress, so don't keep waking me up. And, and so he sends him back to bed. And, and finally, after the third time, I think there's some significance there, Eli goes, oh, maybe God is trying to get my attention here. And so he says, and I love this, he says, if God calls you again, Sammy, Say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. He taught him how to have a listening posture. I love that. So the young boy, Samuel, he had to learn to discern God's voice. He didn't know what it was at first. He was confused. And he had to learn to listen. And Samuel then grew up to become the last judge of Israel, and he appointed uh, King Saul. If you know the story, he, he appointed Saul, and he was kind of a train wreck, right? And then he appointed his successor, David. Like, God used Samuel, but he taught him even at a young age to hear his voice. And I think there's something cool about that too, that God doesn't wait until we're 35, 45, 55 years old before he can speak to us. He spoke to a young boy and he taught him to listen. God pursues relationship. And you and I, we need to learn to hear God's voice just like Samuel did. Sometimes it takes a little bit of, God, is that you? Or is that just like that bad enchilada I had for lunch? You know, like, sometimes we don't know. It's like, okay, we're, we're trying to discern, but we got to take a risk and we got to be willing to say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to see what happens here. And, and again, as long as we're knowing the word of God and we're not going outside of that, say that with a, with a um, bit of a caveat there. So we, we learn to listen. Sometimes we're just too busy and our lives are too noisy, and we're not willing to slow down, and we just kind of want to be in charge instead of saying, God, I'm here, and I'm, I'm just, speak, Lord. Your servant's listening. He was laying in, in the temple. It was quiet. He was able to hear God, Samuel was. So I want to stop for two questions of dialogue here, discussion. Be, just feel free to interact with these a little bit. So what, the first one is this. What might change in your day-to-day life if you learned to better hear God, what change in your life, just on a day-to-day basis? Less stress. Anybody else need less stress? I'm with you. What else? What do you mean? He said God's will. God might be wanting you to do something and we're not paying attention. Yeah. We miss out. We miss out on something, a blessing, right? God wants to use us for, to do something great. And we're like, ah, sorry, God, too busy, not listening. Second question is, why do you think both listening backward and forward are helpful? 
What do you think? Mm-hmm. She said they kind of work as checks against each other. So yeah, if you're listening backward, you know the scripture, and then you're listening forward, and they they should be congruent. They should be working together, right? What else about listening forward? I just want to see if you guys are tracking with this idea. How is listening forward helpful? Is it? Helps you stay alert. How so? Yeah, give you discernment about what he wants to do. It's kind of what, what he was saying too. Yeah, so it's um, maybe tracking with something that's like in real time that's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, God can use you for his purposes if you're listening. Walking in the spirit. Sometimes we talk about walking in the spirit. So I, you know, we, we said earlier, if God wants to speak and we want to listen and we want to hear What's the breakdown? Like, what's the problem, right? And, and I think there could be a lot of reasons. Maybe each of us individually could come up with our own list. But I think one of the main things is that it takes practice. It takes time. Listening, hearing God isn't a skill that's developed in a day. It's built over time. We saw the example of Eli and, and, and Samuel. He didn't just hear him one time and say, okay, I got God. I know what he's doing no, it was just kind of like, okay, is that God? I, uh, you know, Eli, Eli. And he's like, no, that was God. And so there's a learning process, a growth process through that. And I think that's normal for us. And so if you desire to grow in hearing God, it, it takes that learning posture. Saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm ready to listen. I'm going to maybe create some space in my life to just uh, maybe write some things down, maybe just spend some time in quiet, and to just listen to him speak. Now, if we don't, if we just kind of bumble through life, which many of us do, and we don't really take time to read the scripture, we don't take time to be still and listen, um, God can still get our attention, and that's pretty cool. Uh, there was a guy in the Bible named Balaam. Anybody know the story of Balaam? And he's riding along on his donkey, and God, like, has him buck him off, and the donkey turns around and starts talking to him, like, hey, bro, like, you're not paying attention. God needs to get your attention. So God can speak through a donkey. He can do whatever he wants. But most of the time, God chooses to just dialogue with us. Just less dramatic ways, right? Normal ways, impressions on our spirit, promptings in our heart, reading the scripture. Again, having a, something just kind of leap off the page to us. We read it and we go, oh God, that's me. You, you just said that right to me, Lord. So he may speak to you through a Bible verse. Like I mentioned, he may use repetition in that same passage of scripture over and over to make sure that you're getting it. Uh, or, or maybe God will speak to you through circumstances. Maybe there's an opportunity in front of you. And, and we talk about like walking through that door. You know, it's kind of a Christianese thing we say. But like, I'm gonna walk through this door. God opened this door for me. And it's like, that's a circumstance that's presented itself. Maybe God's speaking to you through circumstances. Or maybe God wants to speak to you through your other brothers and sisters. See, we have the Holy Spirit of God dwelling in us, but so do our brothers and sisters in Christ. And how cool is that? I bet you we could go around and probably share some stories here where 
Some, God used somebody else to speak to you and you're like, ah, that was God. Like you said it, but you didn't come up with that. Like that was God using somebody else to speak into your life in real time. That's listening forward. The one thing I do know though is if we don't believe God is going to speak to us or if we just lack the faith, we're probably not gonna hear much from him. We have to start, we have to start there. God, I believe you wanna speak and I'm here to listen. I maybe have shared this story before. In fact, I know I have, so forgive me. Um, But I want to just give you an example of listening forward. And and it kind of involves listening backward too. But uh, in 2011, our house flooded. Uh, Our family was living in Minot at the time. And we did not have insurance. We did not have flood insurance because the Army Corps of Engineers said, you don't need flood insurance. We fixed that in 1969. Well, there's a picture of some houses that was an, our specific house. I don't have a picture of our house underwater. We had five feet on the main level. So imagine your light switches on the wall. That's how high the water was in our living room on the main floor. For two weeks, it sat underwater and we couldn't get access to it. And we waited and we watched the news and we, and then finally the water went down and we were able to get to our house. You go to the next one. This is our house. After we gutted it out, we ended up taking it. There's I don't have any pictures of this, but we went all, you could look in the front yard all the way to the backyard and see through it, just all sticks. We cleaned it, we mucked it out, and we sanitized everything, and then we, we waited and we said, well, what do we do? Do we fix our house or do we just move on? Because the city, meantime, was talking about having this flood control plan, and they, about every other week they'd release a plan. One had our house in it, one it went right around our house. Well, the the reason that's important is because if we fixed our house up, all that time and and work and money was gone because the city was going to buy it out and demo it. But if they didn't include our house, then we'd be okay. So you you kind of see the dilemma that we're in. Meanwhile, my wife's pregnant, and we have just a couple months until Junior comes along, and I'm thinking, once baby comes, there's no way we're going to be doing any construction and so we're at this really this crisis of like, God, we just cried out. And my wife and I were praying and we're like, Lord, what on earth do we do? The city doesn't know what they're doing. We don't know what we're doing. And all, everybody's telling us what we should do. And that wasn't helpful. Um, so eventually we just said, all right, let's just, let's just pray. And there was a day I can remember that we were driving and we were in the vehicle and I don't have the scripture reference. I just, I could not remember this week. It's in a notebook that I lost. So again, maybe notebooks aren't the best, but um, God spoke to me. I read, I read this scripture and, it, and I, I remember thinking, God wants us to rebuild this house. Like this is the right thing to do. And I was kind of hesitant to tell Casey this. I'm like, I think God wants us to rebuild the house. And I read this verse. It was in, I think it was first, first or second Peter. I can't remember exactly. And she said, uh, I read that same verse this morning. Like again, separately. She goes, I read that same verse and God said the same thing to me. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's rebuild the house. And so we took, we took a risk. In faith, we stepped out and we rebuilt our house. And I felt like Noah. Like people were coming by like, you're, you know, what are you doing? This is just going to flood again. Like you don't, you know, and we're rebuilding our house and we're like, you know what? We're just doing what we believe God told us to do. And we moved in. Yeah, that, that was our FEMA trailer. We lived in that little FEMA trailer while we were rebuilding the house and we had this baby come and it was like, we just could not function any, you know, in there long term. And so um, we ended up moving in at Christmas, just before Christmas time. 
And Jack was born on the 27th. And we lived in the house for another, I don't know, six months to a year. And then the city said, oh yeah, your house is outside of the flood plan. You're good. We're like, yeah, we know. God told us. Like, he knows the future. And he's sovereign and he's more powerful than you. So um, God wants to speak to us in real time about things that matter, things that are important in our lives. And so we were able to finish our house, to move in, and then we eventually sold it and moved out, you know, and got it to higher ground and stuff. But um, it, it was just an example. Casey and I are not special in this way. We're not like some super spiritual, you know, God perceivers. Like it, we're just regular people with the Spirit of God, and so are you. And we can hear God. What is He, what is he saying to us? The question is will we make space? Will we slow down enough to listen? And so that story, I just, I wanted to share it just to encourage you, like God is still speaking and you probably get up here and share better stories too, but I want to just pause for two more questions before we wrap this up. And the first one is this, what kinds of obstacles keep us from hearing God more regularly? In your life, what are your obstacles? The enemy's rubbish, the more I press in and listen to God, the less I hear his garbage. Okay, the enemy's rubbish. You said the more that you press in and listen to God, the more you hear, the less less you hear the lies. Discernment, more relationship. I'm more focused on that. That's what I go, that's what's natural to go to. It's like you say, how to get to Carnegie Hall, practice, practice, practice. It just comes, falls into place. Yeah. Yeah, learning to practice. Yeah, and I think the number one lie is that God doesn't speak. He doesn't care. So as soon as we believe that one, then we're, we're kind of out of the game. What else? What are your guys' obstacles? Think of anything? You go first. I always tell my kids that God isn't a God of confusion. Yeah. And so if in your mind you're like confused and fearful and like anxious, that's not from God. And so you just really need to sit and listen. Man, like, you know. that's so good. I don't know if you guys could hear what she said. God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. That's, that's right out of scripture, actually. And that he, if, if, you're, if you're fearful or anxious, that's not from God. That's not, like, he's not putting that in you. And, and so he wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have rest and to trust him. That was so good. Thank you. And somebody else was said over here. Say it again. Poor time management. You don't get time for God. How are you going to know? Poor time management. Late, not making time for God in the morning. You're not set for success. You're setting yourself up for good. Yeah, poor time management. I think we can all probably get on board with that one a little bit. Like, the extra 10 minutes in the morning, 15 minutes, can make a huge difference in your spiritual life. Probably not that much difference in your sleep. You know, probably give that up. Attitude. Change the guilt that I'm not reading into a Okay, that was, that was gold. I don't know if you could hear Arlen, but he said changing our attitude. It's not a have to, it's a get to. I'm paraphrasing you. But basically, we get to meet with God. It's not like we have to. We don't have to. We get to. And it's so good for us when we choose to make that a priority. Second question, what would change... What is one change you could make in your life this week to make listening for God's voice more intentional? What's just one change you could make this week? 
Turn off the radio. Turn off the TV. Okay. What else? Hit snooze one less time. Oh, yeah. Was that a nine-minute snooze is nine minutes or something like that? What else? Don't pick up your phone. Doom scrolling. What else? Yeah, just a willingness. Yeah. You think of a practical thing that you could put into place to be willing? So not really being sure what God wants you to do. What about just being still and creating space with no noise? Is that, does anyone ever do that? Scary. <laughs> Quiet. And, you know. We're going to talk more about that next week. Um, but yeah, there's just so many things. So think of something that is very intentional this week. We're going to be talking about this for a couple weeks now. I'm really hoping that maybe we, we start to have some stories about, man, yeah, I did that thing. That, I talked about, that we talked about last week, and all of a sudden I'm hearing God better. It's awesome. See, John, Jesus said in John 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life. They shall never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. So Jesus is our shepherd. He knows what's best for us. He knows his sheep. And it says his sheep know his voice. Spending time with him, getting to know what does his voice sound like. Is that God or is that maybe just, you know, because again, we all play this game. Well, is that my subconscious? Was I just imagining that? Is that what I want to hear or was that really God? And again, that takes just cultivating to learn to know his voice. So I want to invite you to do something this week. If you're serious about hearing and discerning God's voice, um, I want you to, I want to invite you into this Bible reading plan that we're going to do. Um, I was trying to find a Q, like QR code that I could share with you. I can't figure that out. I'm not that tech savvy. So I'm starting this tomorrow, and if you guys want to jump in, it's called Advent. It's 25 days, kind of walking us into the Christmas season. If, you, if you're not on a Bible reading plan and you're like, I just want to do something with somebody else, snap a photo of that screen. You can find it with that graphic. It's uh, lcbccchurch.com. I don't know what that is, but anyway, um, it's a great, great little plan, and we can do this together, and maybe it's just a, Yes? There will be a link on the website. Thank you, tech people. So if you want to go to our website, missio.life, you can get a direct link. It'll take you there. Just share it. Yeah, I need everybody's stuff, though. I'm not friends with everybody yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could share it on our social media. Texting app. Oh, man, we just got ideas flowing here. I love it. So we will get this going, okay? We're going to push it out, social media, texting, websites, everything. But if you want to do a Bible reading plan, do this with us. It's easy. It's only a few verses a day. It just gets you spending time. And then what I want you to invite you to do is be still. Like, could you be quiet for five minutes? Like, even set a timer and just be like, no distractions, no noise, and just maybe a notebook or an app where you can write something down. If you sense God laying something on your heart, like, oh, I need to call so-and-so, or I should, you know, this, or I want you to do that. Just write it down. And like Samuel, you might get it wrong. You might go, "Ah, okay, I don't know what this is. But maybe take a chance and just see what happens. And then again, bounce it off somebody else who's another believer that has the spirit of God in them that can say, yeah, I don't know if, uh, you know, betting all your money in a poker game is is really the best, you know, I don't know. I just, you know what I'm saying? Like use discernment with people in your life. 
And I think we might be surprised. When we have the posture that Samuel had, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Let's pray. Father, thanks so much for your word. Thank you that we have stories like Samuel. Just a a boy, a, a child who was learning to hear and discern your voice. And God, we can learn from him and we can learn from Eli that, God, it's a process and it's a discovery. But Lord, what better thing, what, what more important thing than hearing from you, God, the God of the universe? Thank you for giving us your written word. Thank you that we have it and we can apply it and we can read it and we can study it. We can listen backward and, and God, we can gain so much knowledge and so much awareness of who you are. But then, God, we can also listen forward. And Holy Spirit, may we not grieve you. May we not quench you. May we make space to listen and discern and to obey you, God. And so thank you for the reality that you speak. You are a God who spoke of the universe into creation. A God whose words have power and accomplish exactly what you want them to do. May we be listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Josh left us with a few takeaways from today's service. Listening backward. Simply put, listening backward is reading scripture to hear what God has to say. What has God already said in the past? If we desire to hear God speak, we have to start with his written word to us. All scripture is God-breathed, and it is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. When we take time to listen backward through reading the Bible, God speaks. Listening forward, the Bible says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. The Bible also says, when He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. It takes practice. Hearing God isn't a skill that's developed in a day, it's built up over time. Josh used the example of God speaking through a donkey, but most of the time, God speaks to us in less dramatic ways. God may speak to you through your circumstances, God may speak to you through other brothers and sisters in faith. Discussion questions. What might change in your day-to-day life if you learn to better hear God? Why do you think listening both backward and forward are helpful? What kinds of obstacles keep us from hearing God more regularly? What is one change you can make in your life this week to make listening for God's voice more intentional. Thanks for listening, Missio family, and we'll see you again next week.